What's up, everyone? Welcome to this day in Philly Sports History for May 11th, 2023. I'm your host, Jim Montgomery. Before we get into the big story, there there is other news going on in Philly sports. First, the Phils were able to complete the two-game mini-sweep of the Blue Jays 2-1 yesterday in 10 innings. Zach Wheeler was dealing, went seven innings, one earned run, seven Ks, gave up three hits. Bullpen was able to shut down the Blue Jays. Offense didn't really get going. Took them a while to wake up, but they scored one in the ninth and then one in the tenth to pull off the win. They're off today as they're traveling out to Colorado to take on the Rockies, who actually have been playing pretty well as of late. I like the way the bull or uh, the starting rotation has been since that six-game losing streak. I don't know if something's clicking. The weather's getting warmer and it's getting better, but I, I like what I'm seeing. Got Ranger Suarez coming back to take over one of those spots on Saturday. I, I just like everything that's going on. Did he receive some bad news on Alvarado? He's on the DL with some elbow tightness. Didn't really. I heard conflicting reports, so I'll, I'll look into that and get more on that for tomorrow. But Castellanos has just been outstanding this year. And if you remember, we said he was going to be the key to that offense, and he's just doing things that this is why they signed him in the first place. But good win for the Phils. We'll take it, and then let's let's go out there and, and take some games out in Colorado. All right, we talked. Today is the big schedule reveal, reveal for the NFL, and I said yesterday, and I stand by it, I like how the NFL, as annoying as Goodell and everything can be sometimes, I like how they turn everything into a spectacle and then slowly just leak things throughout. So here's what we know so far about the Eagles' schedule. We know they play go to Kansas City in Week 2, thanks to Mama Kelsey. We know that they will play... 4 o'clock or 4.15 on Christmas Day against the Giants in a game that we thought was going to be the Black Friday game, but instead they're playing on Christmas. If you are looking for tickets, I believe everybody in my group uh, has said we plan on selling. Hit me up. You know how to get in touch with me. I have a block of 10 in one row and a single one, so i got 11 seats if you need them. Uh, and then it also was leaked that Brock Purdy and the 49ers come back to the link week 13, which is December 3rd for an afternoon game. Uh, so those are the three games we know. No, find out more tonight. I will be, once the schedule comes out, I will be recording the Back to the Future schedule preview where I'll give you what I think the Eagles are going to do. We weren't far off last year, so we'll, we'll keep that in mind. All right, Flyers news. It looks like they are set today to announce Keith Jones, yes, Jonesy, as their president of hockey operations and drop the interim tag from Danny Briere's title. And I've seen a lot of mixed reviews on this. And I know Keith Jones, we know him as kind of the the goofy announcer from Angelo's show. Uh, But I I feel like he's well-respected around the league. Uh, He does a lot of work for TNT for the NHL broadcast and things like that. Whether or not that translates into like a front office job, I don't know. I've seen some people say, oh, here the Flyers go with the old boy network. And I feel like this is different. This is like guys that played for the Flyers, went out and did other things and sort of honed different things. And again, I don't know if Jonesy, what he did translates into a front office job. I'll say it at that. But I think taking the... The interim tag off of Danny Briere is the right move because I know he went to school, like he studied, he worked as a scout. So 
for him to be a GM, it's not just like the old school Ed Snyder handing his old guys the job. So we'll see how it goes. But, I mean, it, it is a different outside-of-the-box thing. And I, I don't know necessarily sometimes what how much control the president of operations has versus the GM. Hopefully, Keith Jones is smart enough to surround himself with some smarter people that are smart, like a Danny Briere. We'll see. Uh, but this is a huge, huge offseason coming up for the Flyers. And we want to make sure that we're, we're, we're doing what we need to do. All right. Before we get into the Sixers, I do want to say I'm very, very happy to say that after talking about it and teasing it, we do have a partnership, um, and I'm excited to announce the partnership we have on both pods with phillygoat.com. You might see me wear some of their t-shirts. You might have even shopped with them. So make sure you go check out phillygoat.com. They have a great selection of Philly sports, Philly-based apparel. Uh, And if you do go and at checkout, if you hit the promo code Jim Montgomery, you'll receive 10% off of your purchase. So go to phillygoat.com, use the promo code Jim Montgomery, and you'll receive 10% off your purchase. I know I love shopping there. They're one of my favorite sites. You know how their sites, all kinds of t-shirts, Philly-based t-shirt sites. These guys are one of my favorites. So go to phillygoat.com, promo code Jim Montgomery. All right, so it is Sixers Day. And one thing I wanted to do to close out Game 5 before we move on is I wanted to give a shout-out to Doc Rivers because I've been very hard on him throughout the season about his coaching. And I I wanted to say I thought he coached phenomenally in Game 5. Uh, He went against some of the things that he normally would, almost like the analytical type stuff, and he kind of went with Phil. That's why you saw so much Daniel House. And the fact that it paid off, i got to give him props for for moving outside of his comfort zone and actually going by Phil. So I want to be fair about it. I've ripped him a lot this year. So shout out to Doc for his coaching. All right, we are going to start today with our Sixers playoff spotlight. We're going to go back to 1985-86. Sixers were 54-28, second in the Atlantic Division, third in the conference. Uh, This was Bobby Jones' last year as a Sixer. He retired, uh, and you know that his number, 24, is hanging in the rafters down at the Wells Fargo Center. On the year, Moses Malone averaged 23.8 points per game for the Sixers. Second-year player Charles Barkley averaged 12.8 rebounds. Moses also averaged 11.8, so they were just a ridiculous rebounding duo. Uh, Barkley did average 20 points per game, which is something he would do for the next 10 seasons through his time in Phoenix. Uh, And Mo Cheeks averaged 9.2 assists per game. Barkley was All-NBA second team. Mo Cheeks was first team All-Defense. Mo Cheeks, Dr. J, and Moses Malone were all-stars. So this is a pretty stacked Sixers team, especially when you have a young Charles Barkley. You have a veteran like Bobby Jones guiding the way. Uh, So basically the the expectations were high for this team. So they go into the playoffs, uh, and they beat the Bullets 3-2 in the first round. They did so without Moses Malone, who missed the playoffs in the last few games of the regular season with an eye injury. More on that coming up. They would go on to play the Bucks in the semifinals, who throughout the 80s, that was the team that the Sixers always played 
to get to the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. So those were like the three teams. And you never really hear too much about the Bucks because it was all Sixers and Celtics. But the Bucks were sort of that, that third-place team. They'd always won their, their central division and play the Sixers then in the next round. And Sixers, majority of the time, beat them. Uh, but that series against the Bucks leads us to Today's This Day in Philly Sports History. We're going to go back to 1986. And on May 11th, 1986, the Bucks were finally able to defeat the Sixers 113-112 in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Semifinals at Mecca Arena. Mo Cheeks had 22 and 6 assists for the Sixers. A young Charles Barkley had 18 and 12. Uh, Dr. J-, Dr. J also dropped 17. Uh, guys like Terry Cummings had 27, Sidney Moncrief 23, and Craig Hodges 24. Craig Hodges, I just go back to the old school NBA three-point contest when he was with the Bulls. But they all did that for the Bucks. Now, Dr. J did have a shot to win the game. He had the last shot. He missed a 15-footer. Um, it missed. Game was over. The Bucks were finally able to, to see what the, the next round of the playoffs was. They got smoked by the Celtics, who were a good team, who ended up winning the NBA championship that year. More importantly for the Sixers, it was sort of all downhill from there. We talked about Moses' injury. Uh, let This playoff loss led to a chain of events that would basically spell out the end of that Sixers dynasty that I, I maybe not so maybe dynasty is not the right word since they only won one championship but that that magical Sixers run that started back in the mid 70s uh they had like a good 10 12 year run where they were one of the elite teams in the east it started a downward spiral from there we'll get more into the Moses injury what the Sixers did because of that and what happened the following season on Sunday that's what we call a little foreshadowing. But this is all a great segue because as this day in Philly sports history back in 1986 started the downward spiral of that Sixers magical run, tonight is Game 6 versus the Celtics in South Philly. Tonight is going to be the day that we start the upward trajectory of the, another magical Sixers run. It's going to be the exclamation point on the process error. And this is what we've been playing for. And I know I was very hyped up yesterday about it. Now that I've had 24 hours to sit on it and think about it, I don't think there's any way in hell the Sixers lose this game. I think Boston's going to come out and they're going to punch the Sixers in the mouth. They're going to be ready. I, I look for Jason Tatum to have a better first quarter than he's had in the past few games. I look for Al Horford to not be Sixers Al Horford, but the Al Horford that can shoot a little bit and hit some more threes. I don't think it's going to be enough. I think you might see Joe almost get a triple-double tonight. And I'm talking like rebounds, assists. He might even get a quadruple with blocks the way he's been playing. I, I do think it's going to be a little bit on the high-scoring side. I think the Celtics are going to come out early. I, I just don't – I think the home crowd, I think the, the way that they finally – it seemed that they got Boston out of their head at that last game – um, as I mentioned yesterday, every time they made a run, the Sixers were right there with an answer. I, I, I don't think they're scared of them anymore. I don't think they're intimidated. I don't think that they are really have them on their mind. So, I, I mean, I, I, I think the, their eyes are on the prize. This is a very special team. 
They're going to come out, take care of business, and then just await the winner of the Heat's next series. So that's that's my prediction. I, I mean, I could be way off. I've been way off before, but I just don't necessarily see a way. I kind of have a feeling I felt this way a couple times with the Eagles, and sure enough, they did. I, I don't see a way. Like I, I think with a 34-year-old coach for the Celtics in an elimination game, the way their headspace has been, like you could tell by their body language, I just don't see it happening. We're going to come back on tomorrow. We're going to be celebrating. But this has been This Day in Philly Sports History. Be sure to check out phillygoat.com and use the promo code Jim Montgomery for 10% off your order. (sighs) Go Sixers. Nothing else really going on today other than the Eagles schedule reveal. So it's all Sixers today. So let's focus. Try to have a good day at work. Go have a Thursday. Until next time, I will see you when I see you.